On this episode, we are joined by Noah DeFrades, and we're going to talk about what happened with the FTX scam, what Noah sees as the future of crypto, and finally, ways to do due diligence for your crypto exchanges and custodians. As always, if this episode brings you value, please do us a favor and share with a friend. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Build Your Wealth Muscle. Today, we have an awesome guest. Before I introduce him, just want to remind anyone if it's your first time listening, we really have two formats of the show. Uh, Solo episodes where we'll go really deep into areas of finance, tax, wealth management for the fitness community. And then we'll also have guests where sometimes they're your colleagues talking about their challenges that they've overcome and successes in their business, but also people that support your business, whether it's business, sales, marketing. But today is kind of a cool combo because we can go deep on a a financial topic. So I'm going to introduce Noah DeFrades, the VP of Crypto Education for Driven. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'll just say right away, I love everything that you do, um, especially from from my side of things, the crypto side, where people are just you know so wild with their money. Like I feel like this is like your time to shine because <laughs> it's like all the stuff that that you know you, you tell people sometimes uh, you know some people don't want to hear the, the the you know the good stuff. You know everybody wants to hear the stuff that uh, you know they want to hear. But uh, everything I've heard from you has been just so spot on. A lot of stuff I wish I've even done. So I just want to say I appreciate everything that you're putting out. It's it's just pure gold. I appreciate that. And actually, that's a perfect segue because when you and I first started talking, like we really don't know, like we met at Fit Club. Um, so what I think is cool because everyone talks about the sexy side of investing, like making money and like what's hot, what the trends are, um, what gets left out sometimes is like the boring side of like the defensive strategies, the risk management, protecting the wealth you already have. Um, And so boring financial planners have to talk about that, whereas that can be a boring topic. But today we're sort of, because of what's current events as we're recording this, looking at the risk side of like the crypto world. So I think it's cool like that you also know both like I mean, you, you're in this world, so you know, like the crypto bros, like all they talk about is the upside. And you're like, well, can I, can I learn a little bit about the risks here too? Yep. So, yep. But before we dive in, like there's in this podcast, like just want to make it clear, like obviously it's in the intro and the outro. As a disclaimer, this is not investment advice. So do your own due diligence. Listen to what Noah's going to talk about. Do your own homework. And before we get started, how can people find you if they want to get more of like the information side? Sure, sure. Uh, I think just my socials are the best way to go. So Noah DeFrades on uh, Instagram, I think that'd be the the best spot to reach me. And because of what Noah does, he gets a ton of spam accounts. So (laughs) it's true. Be careful. I think you get, I get a friend request from me like every other week from a fake account. I'll never ask you for Bitcoin. So uh, if that's happening, it's not me. Yeah. So, but with that, let's, let's dive right in. I, I don't know if you want to first talk a little about your background, because you are heavy in this education space. People can understand like why it's, why what you have to say has credibility. Sure. Sure. Not sure exactly how much credibility, but I'll, I'll give a little bit about uh, what I've gone through in, in getting into this space. Um, I actually have a degree in finance and my whole goal when I was younger was to be a stock trader. Uh, the person in my family who was kind of the most successful member of my family, he was a, a bond trader. So I basically asked the questions on what was trading. And uh, I saw he had, you know, the things that I wanted to have. You know, he was able to help our family. He was able to travel, had multiple homes, and uh, really just started to understand the power of investing, the power of trading. And I was like, I want that. You know, I, I grew up with a family that did a lot of like manual labor. And I, I just cannot stand, you know, 
back-breaking work. So I'm like, if I could click a button, essentially, and, and make money, uh, that really intrigued me. And I just saw the sexy side of it, you know, like the Wall Street stuff. I was like, this is really cool. So I went down that path, and uh, it was just a really long journey because before the information era, really trading was not a skill set that was taught. It's still not taught like in school or anything like that. So um, we're kind of lucky right now with like whatever the YouTube generation, uh, the kind of stuff that I do, I teach people how to do this. Um, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> so when you went to school, or at least I thought I was going to school to learn how to trade. And I went to school for five years and uh, our college undergrad for five years. And they pulled up a chart once out of the five years I was there. I was like, is this like magic or something like that? Like, why aren't uh, there must be something way overcomplicated about this that they're just like not teaching us. So I just asked the questions, how do I learn how to trade? They asked me to like shadow people on the floor. I would routinely shadow people on the CME. Um, and uh, they wouldn't really, they were just kind of like, I don't know. Like just a little, I was there for company or whatever. Uh, ended up getting a bond portfolio management internship for eight months and was essentially the guy who just got coffee for, for the guys. And uh, eventually took the CFA exam level one. Found out that doesn't teach you how to trade. So unfortunately, I kind of gave up that journey, but have kind of the educational background. But it really wasn't until the information era where I, I learned about actually learning the skill set. And I found uh, courses on how to do this, organizations such as the organization I'm in. Uh, we, we teach people how to trade. And when I found out it really wasn't that complicated, I was like, come on, this is, it really became my mission quickly. Like, how can I give this back? Because I, I feel like I, I got the runaround for like half my life on this skill. And it really used to be something where either like your dad traded or you knew somebody on the floor. It was really a who you know kind of skill. And you see that with Wall Street, you see that in the financial space that it's like uh, there's huge barriers to entry. Um, and, uh, and, and I love that those are getting broken. You know, I love what you're doing. You're, you're teaching people financial education, the stuff that we should be uh, getting taught in school, but we're not. I remember just like trying to figure out my own accounting and, and all of these things, trying to open up a brokerage account, trying to take my first trade and just losing, losing, losing. And uh, you might have the same chip on your shoulder with the current education system. It's like, why weren't we taught how to succeed? You know, I know the Pythagorean theorem, <laughs> but like, how do I do my taxes? So um, I eventually learned the skill set through a, through a lot of trial and error, a lot of education, uh, some mentors in this space. But essentially, what I do now is is how I learned. It's, uh, I have a course that I created for cryptocurrency, but also I, I do live education where I can break down the charts and really teach people what it looks like to trade. And uh, yes, you know, there's a learning curve, but it's definitely not so complicated that you, you know you get the runaround for like a decade <laughs> on, on how to trade. So. That's essentially my background. I've been I've been teaching people for about uh, two years now professionally, and uh, my my specialty is uh, the crypto space. Yeah, that's that's why yeah we've been trying to set this up for a while. So like it's it's really exciting to hear because for people who aren't aware, and I I don't consider myself a crypto expert. Like no and I talk about this at the gym. I'm a I treat investments like real estate in that it's about location. So. I'm not going to recommend to a client what type of crypto to buy because I don't consider myself a crypto investment expert. I will teach them how to do it in the most tax efficient way. But those are two totally different things because I can tell you, all right, we set aside all this 401k or this Roth IRA. Now it's ready for you to invest in crypto. But the wallet you should use, where you should buy it, I don't make those recommendations because quite frankly, I don't know. And now what we're about to talk about is where it gets very scary because like, well, let's just dive right in. Cause obviously FTX and everything that happened there, I consider myself pretty blind on what just happened, but Noah's an expert and he's going to talk about it for us. So let's dive right in. Like what happened with FTX? Like, and how can, then I guess we'll talk later about maybe how people can try to do the due diligence to avoid it in the future. Sure. Awesome question. This is definitely the, the hottest topic, uh, a rough topic, uh, a scar that's on the sp on, on the space that when you're already uh, on your knees and then you get swiped again, that's kind of what, what we all feel like in this space. And it, it just uh, gives that much more more credit to, to what you preach, your practice and uh, like, you know, how you're saying, like some of the things that aren't as like cool in this space of like protecting wealth. It is the coolest thing ever to me. <laughs> like I'm like, that was that's 
awesome stuff. There's one thing about making money, but keeping money and continually keeping money, that's where it's at. And I think especially in the crypto space, there's a lot of opportunity or volatility. It just matters where you are on that scale. Uh, but say you're on the upside, a lot of us, we get this upside, but uh, then then we get our, our, you know, the feet kicked out from under us. And uh, to have strategies to where you can survive this kind of stuff, protect yourself uh, so you make a lot of gains, protect yourself on the tax standpoint, it's huge. It adds up a lot. There's a reason, you know, <laughs> a lot of wiser people are telling us these things is uh, because they've been through it as well as trying to share the wisdom and uh, everything I hear you preach. I'm like, wow, I wish I would have paid more attention to that. And it's really what people in the crypto space are paying attention to least is, is how to how to actually protect yourself in, in this space and how to actually grow wealth and understand the numbers, understand the timeline on, on how this all works and where the magic really is, uh, where, the, where you need patience, all that good stuff. So um, it's really been awesome just being connected together to kind of bounce these ideas because it's like a, a really cool dynamic to kind of uh, put together because crypto is so new and it needs to get over to where people can actually create something long term and something that they can keep, something that can not only change their life for the short term, but for the long term as well. So uh, seeing it start to integrate itself into the world, into uh, people's financial plans, I think is super, super cool. But uh, it really is a new space, and uh, some of us knew it, some of us are learning that, and uh, some crazy stuff will happen. You know, it's happened in the stock market, it's happened in the foreign exchange market, it's happened in the real estate market, the safest investment, you know? <laughs> it happens kind of everywhere at some point, uh, especially at the beginning. So um, in recent news, if uh, anybody hasn't heard, but... Uh, the third largest crypto exchange uh, called FTX um, basically imploded. And a lot of people are confused to what exactly happened. Um, is this space okay? How can I protect myself? And uh, I, I can definitely help where I can on that. But uh, I, I'll give you an idea of how this exactly happened. Yeah. Essentially, the CEO of FTX, his name is Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, he, he was a trader and uh, he started a a hedge fund VC firm called Alameda Group. And I'll butcher this name about five times, but Alameda, I believe, is, is how you pronounce it. But uh, he had this VC firm. It was, it was pretty successful. And eventually, he created an exchange, FTX. And uh, really, a big problem happens with the relationship of both these things because he's the CEO of Alameda and now the CEO of FTX. And the beauty about cryptocurrency is, is you have the power to make your own assets. You can create assets out of nothing. And uh, they took that to heart. <laughs> they created their own token called FTT. And uh, what they essentially figured out is they could, if they convince people of the value, um, people can accept that value and, and they can essentially print their own money. So what they decided to do was create this token and uh, essentially loan this token out to their own VC. So they created it and they loaned it out to their own VC, which then their VC leveraged those tokens. Um, eventually, uh, FTX was loaning them customer money, which is the worst thing ever. You know, that's like ultra, ultra, ultra illegal. And they ended up lending out. So say you put money in FTX, uh, whether it was for staking, most likely staking, um, they lent that money to their own company <laughs> to to try to trade with. And they also uh, bought companies with it. They levered it out. And uh, the, the crazy thing was it, it took a little while to find this. And the reason being is uh, FTX, uh, they were their own board of directors. They really didn't have any outside perspective. Um, they had uh, really poor internal audits. They cooked the books. And uh, it was a very small team that just kind of kept everything house, you know, typical on how this stuff happens. And um, essentially what was leaked was Alameda's balance sheet. And they found out that 25% of the assets of Alameda was FTT. And uh, CZ, quote CZ, this is the CEO of Binance. I can't pronounce his name fully, but uh, he, 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 was, he, he found this to be an issue as well. But uh, he essentially had uh, um, two point something billion of, of FTT. And 
along with seeing this balance sheet and he found out that Sam Bankman Freed was lobbying against Binance. He's like, you know what? I'm going to start selling this. So people started to dig deeper into the numbers here of like what really is going on. And uh, it turned out, at least when I last checked, um, this is nowhere near where it's at right now, but the total circulating market cap of FTT was um, $3 billion. And Binance had, what was that? FTT is the token that FTX created, is that yes. yep. So to take a step back for sure. those listening, so what was FTX's original, assuming they didn't, if they didn't defraud anybody, mm-hmm. what was their original proposition? So you're a crypto investor, they, they are the exchange. Are they also the custodian or no? Uh, they're they? the custodian as well. Okay, and so they came, they- if you wanted to buy like Bitcoin from them, you could, right? Yep. They were the exchange, so you would come in, put your wallet there. You're being, you're assuming they're not going to touch your stuff. They're just going to be the custodian, like a Fidelity, like a TD Ameritrade, to allow you to go out and buy Bitcoin, for example. Correct, and they would have what's called staking, which is just getting like APY. So they'd use it, they'd use your funds, um, and you would stake it and, and earn um, uh, a return on that, a percentage. Um, saying that they would give it back, but they, they, in the end, didn't give it back. So if you did not stake with them, if you just went on there and said, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy 10 Bitcoins through FTT or through FTX, in theory, they're supposed to not touch it. Correct. And, and they yep. started to use your money for someone else's staking. Is that correct? They started to use the money for their, their sister's company um, to, to trade with and also to lever out even further. So they would take out loans on their token that they created. So they're, they're basically not only printing money, they're levering <laughs> the printed money. So when call, so when they were at, I'm going to butcher the Alameda, is that we said? That's what they lent, like in, nice, in this hypothetical, they lent my crypto to Alameda without my yep. permission yep. and then lost it. Correct. Okay, so and, I just they, they lent their people. own token to them too. <laughs> say that again. They lent their own token to them too. So, like, say I make my own coin, Noah Coin, and uh, I, I make another company like Noah Trading Inc. Um, I, I now lend this quote amount. Say it's worth, I don't know. They basically wash traded, which is you like buy and sell cryptocurrency yourself to make it look like there's a lot of trading volume so that people bid up the price and you artificially inflate the price. So say I artificially inflate the price of my coin to $100 a coin, I can then loan that money out to my sister company, Noah Trading, and they can say, hey, look at this, this asset is worth whatever, $10 billion. Let's take out more loans on that money when it was all fake to begin with. Wow. So uh, yeah, wild. (laughs) So. You said this all came to light because someone realized that the balance sheet of Alameda was based on, I'll say, fake coins or highly inflated coins that they just made up a value for. Correct. And so, so go ahead. So um, when that was found out, um, CZ, the, the CEO of Binance, was saying, I have $2 billion worth of FTT, and I'm going to sell those over the course of time, trying not to crash the market. In total circulation that could be sold on the market, what, there's only. In case people don't know, what's Binance? Oh, Binance is the number one crypto exchange. Okay. So, super, super. They were good. all. That, that's why I, I think it's important for people to. Because, like, I know for myself, not being a crypto expert, hearing that this is going to cause a domino effect might be scaring people or confusing people or both. So, this is what you're saying why it'll cause a domino effect. Yes. Yes. I'll, I'll show you how it, how it causes this effect. Okay. So essentially, see, so the circulating market supply or the circulating market cap was $3 billion. Binance was selling $2 billion, but there was $8 billion in total diluted market cap, which most of that was under Alameda. So if Alameda is solvent, okay, maybe everybody can get their, their coins back. But what essentially happened was it looked as if whatever, like, uh, two thirds of the supply was about to go back onto the market, so it's going to tank the 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 price pretty much to divided by two thirds or whatever that is. So everybody was like, "All right, I'm going to sell now." But 
Alameda has FTT, uh, sell their FTT. Okay. So everybody's going to sell theirs. And essentially in 42 hours, um, what was it? Six billion FTT was, was attempted to be sold. And F FTX was trying to just absorb six, it. Six billion was in quantity, not USD value, right? Um, you, uh, in USD value. Okay. Was all trying so, to hit the sell button. Yep. And there's only three billion out there. So wow. six billion tries to get sold. And since Alameda has all of the rest levered out, it's not liquid. It can't, it can't just get those funds back. So it couldn't cover it. They tried to cover. So they're trying to buy back as much as they can. And they realize they can't so badly that FTT or FTX, um, they, they used to be valued at like $32 billion. Um, they actually had um, 900 million in liquid assets. So right there, it basically just imploded is they found out they only have 900 million. They're asking for essentially 6 billion. <laughs> and, and they found out that, that um, FTX was loaning Alameda, Alameda um, $10 billion of customer funds. So there was no way to absorb the sell-off. So essentially what FTX did was they cut off any sort of withdrawals and then they filed bankruptcy. So it just completely um, nuked them when, when the, the CEO of Binance decided to sell because the numbers don't add up. If there's 3 billion available on the market and 6 billion tried to get sold, you know, something's going to implode unless those um, coins could be covered. But Alameda had those levered out. So it was e-liquid. So they couldn't liquidate those and get the money back. Um, and uh, and then it crashed FTX because FTX loaned Alameda, which loaned that $10 billion. And uh, and they only had $900 million to be able to cover $6 billion coming in. Not possible. So the investors who weren't playing the staking game, they were just using FTX because they were considered a reputable exchange or safe place to store your wallet. Their their money was also being used to leverage other people, so like that's why they have no claim on their their coins. If like if it was Bitcoin, for example, yep, so a correct. quote unquote conservative Bitcoin investor that just was a buy and hold guy or girl, they also have no access to their money right now because they're part of this bankruptcy. It all got it, the whole thing fell on them as well. Correct, correct. And that's wow. the the super super unfortunate. And what, from your research, is there any assets left or billions of dollars worth get split among hundreds of millions of assets? Yep, great question. Um, so they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which means, you might know better than I, but it means that you're going to go for a restructure. Chapter 7 means you're, you're going to liquidate the assets. Right. So what they're currently trying to do is seeing if they can restructure to eventually pay back these, these um, creditors. And uh, they say that this could possibly take like years, maybe even like decades to do. Um, what essentially FTX did and Alameda did is they would they would fund nearly the entire crypto industry. So when they defaulted, 130 companies um, filed for Chapter 11 along with them, which is insane. The total amount of How many total? 130. <laughs> 130. I know that's a wild number. In in the the net amount that 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 sums to is I believe it's 52 billion dollars. And just just for sheer size, Enron was I believe 23 or 25 billion. So uh, it's a double Enron. It's huge um, on yeah. on what people lost. Um, a lot of VCs they got uh, kind of swindled into the the hype because they didn't understand how Sam was was inflating the price of his own token. And the, the craziest thing he would do is he would buy other assets, other businesses with FTT. He would never use like Bitcoin or any of the other assets. He would always use FTT. For example, Binance actually had a 20% stake in FTX. And, uh, and Sam um, eventually bought it back in FTT. <laughs> He's converting any quote unquote real asset into his fake currency, essentially, yep. or what exactly. turned out to be a fake currency. Yep. yep. At the yep. time, people assigned it a real value. 
unfortunately, because they didn't understand how the game works when when people can print their own coins when there's not a fixed supply. So this is where it gets very different from a Bitcoin perspective. Bitcoin has a fixed supply of 21 million. It can never increase. There's nothing that can happen for that supply to increase. So it's not- Can you, can you explain to people why that is? So um, it, it's called a, a fixed supply. So with the code, the people that, that coded the, the program for Bitcoin, they fixed the, the total supply that could ever be in existence to be 21 million coins. And that's where this Bitcoin became so so much of a, a wild innovation in why people are so pro Bitcoin is because nowhere before have we had a a whatever uh, a currency that was non inflationary. You know, you see the dollar; we're just printing trillions throughout history. Countries have defaulted left and right, and hyperinflation has happened because of 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 really improper um, government. And that's where Bitcoin changes the game is where you have that stable supply. So it can't be manipulated. I'm yeah. sure people who have Bitcoin can manipulate the market, but from a supply perspective, it's impossible. Yeah. But FTT on the other hand is different. <laughs> so this is where people have to understand how cryptocurrencies are made and, and how centralized or decentralized they are. If they can be created out of thin air by one person, and if they're held by only a few entities and those entities go belly up, you're now seeing a place where they can have, um, you know, significant impacts on the market. Um, the problem with FTX is they they really touted themselves as the good guys. Uh, really, it was it was difficult to actually even trade like derivatives on FTX. You had a million dollars in liquid assets. You had to be an accredited investor. Um, Sam Bankman-Fried was supposed to be this. Uh, altruistic kind of guy. He would give his money away, but it turns out he had like an $18 million condo in the Bahamas and took out, I think, $900 million in personal loans. So um, it, it, it really, really got people uh, to the point people were so sold on FTX that one of the VCs, Sequoia Capital, actually did a deal for $200 million as he was playing a video game. <laughs> he was, they were just, he made a $200 million deal while playing a video game. And it shows, um, you know, I, I think there was just a lack of due diligence in the space, uh, a lot of trust in the space. And uh, it's, it's a, a result of easy times, in my opinion. Yeah. You have all these easy times and you see all this money going in and out, you, you start to, to lose that scrutiny and start to trust people. And I think, you know, coming back to where we actually have proper due diligence, we have the right regulations, we have the right proof of reserves, um, the right uh, regulations that talk about conflicts of interest, because you absolutely cannot have two firms that you own and start loaning back and forth money that you've created out of nowhere. It's uh, It was um, a disaster waiting to happen. And uh, the, the way I just want to kind of address this before it was like, all right, screw crypto forever. Um, how to protect yourself in these these instances, because actually crypto is very unique in the sense on where you can actually own the physical asset off the exchange. And this actually differentiates itself. A lot of contracts, you know, maybe, maybe it's real estate, maybe it's stocks. You may or may not have that contract in your physical possession. And, uh, and you might be subject to the exchanges, but here you can actually own that asset. So the way to save yourself in these situations is to simply take your money off the exchange and never have money on the exchange that you're not willing to lose. And crypto is so unique that you actually own that. You have a hardware wallet, a software wallet, and you actually own that that asset yourself. Nobody can take it from you unless they have um, password and private keys. Right. So unless you get hacked, it's yours. Yep. Um, what was the impact for some of like the quote unquote more well-known ones like the gemini's the coinbase were they swept up in this as well it's uh there there are some that are definitely swept up there's a lot of them actually um it's just yet to come out who that is going to be uh for example voyager was uh kind of like a crypto custodian and they were already filed for bankruptcy because of the collapse of luna and ftx was supposed to bail them out <laughs> So now it's kind of like, well, you know, they, they lost their, their life raft there. Another custodian, Blockify, um, they, they seem to be um, going bankrupt as well. There's, there's news on that. Um, there's news on uh, one of the, the groups that backs the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, news that they might be struggling a little bit. 
So there's definitely a huge ripple effect. Luckily, some of these um, exchanges, they do back their reserves one-to-one, but, you know, of course, you want to look beneath the sheets, et cetera, to see um, whether that's true or not. But Binance has always um, had proof of reserves. I believe that's the next step that we're going to see with all these exchanges. Do they have proof of reserves? Are they actually going to be audited on a continual basis? Um, are they going to have boards of directors? You know, very, very standard things. And uh, I think we, as investors, I never did exchanges. Like, I don't have an account on Binance. Uh, I don't have an account on FTX because they're outside the United States. They're not in the United States jurisdiction. So if all this stuff happens, you're less and less likely to see your money ever again. So yeah. I think it's just key for people to to think about this. And yes, there may be more opportunities when you go overseas, et cetera. But like, just think of it. You're going overseas um, you're, you're gambling in that sense. So if you are, there's ways to protect yourself. Like I said, take your coins off the exchange. Don't ever invest anything you're not willing to lose. Don't have money on the exchange that you're not willing to lose. It's actually pretty easy to do. Um, it just takes education. It takes like the stuff that you're talking about, um, Pat, as well. It's, it's this mindset, and this education on how we actually think about our money, not just money, our wealth. It's yeah. a, it's a, way different mindset that you have to have when it comes to wealth preservation in my opinion what what are your thoughts on what this does to the industry because working in finance i get that there's a need for regulation because there's too many sharks in that game and so things like this happen in like the quote-unquote normal financial world but as someone who owns a financial firm the regulations are brutal like it's expensive and time consuming to keep up with them. So on one hand, I think people are like, this is great. More regulation is going to come to crypto. But at the same time, I know how those regulations get pushed too far. And then all of a sudden it's just expanding government. <laughs> and okay. so um, what are your thoughts on it? Like being in the space and seeing how it's the wild west and now it could swing the other way. Totally. You're, you're spot on. And I think that's, uh, that's the consequence that kind of happens. You know, if, uh, and it happens every single time, and uh, I'm glad you pointed that out. It's just, you know, one bad egg ruins a bunch or whatever they call it. One bad apple ruins a bunch. When it gets so extreme to one end of freedom where you're now, you know, Luna was, um, I forgot how, how big of a crash that was. I think it was $50 billion as well. And uh, also FTX, you're looking at $50 billion. You're looking at humongous amounts of money and impact into the market. And if you're seeing such terrible things happen that way, like it's it's just gearing itself to swing that much harder into the serious regulation space. And I really think it's it's where us as the people need to really, you know, understand this kind of stuff because we're the we're we're the game changer in the end. You know, when we see a decentralized world being created and we jack it up, you know, yeah. whose fault really is it? You know, <laughs> you know, of course there's two ends of this, but um you know, we have to we have to think about this kind of stuff and and how we start to be, you know, as a society, if we want to be decentralized, you know, it's kind of that stuff where, where we need to be maybe more vigilant or if it really it's something we can't handle. You know, you're going to start to see people who who start to lock things down. And I, I think that's unfortunate. I think the the always the answer somewhere. In the middle. I think if, if, a, if a middle answer can happen to say that we're not going to see ridiculous stuff like we have right now in the financial space that just keeps people, you know, still, you know, losing opportunities. Um, I, I, I would hope that, that the crypto space would give people more opportunities, but I will have to see there's still a, a lot of advocacy in this space when it comes to uh, having more decentralization. Of course, that's the whole goal, but wow, is it becoming centralized quickly? Like, at the speed of freaking light, is it becoming centralized? So um, it's a it's a it's a it's a pivotal part for sure. What's going on? What are your What are your thoughts on that? Because part of what I'm hearing, and again, like I'm getting bits and pieces of it. That's why I was super excited that that we could do this. What I don't like is that some of the people that are speculating, and you would know better than me, that this feels like it might have been manipulated on purpose to force a regulation like there's a lot of shady money movements to government people that we all know and you know better than 
anyone listening, that's one of the things that people don't like about it because there's no control for the people that like to control currency. And that's the cool part about crypto. But now it feels like, did they just do something to force everyone to wake up and be like, well, please regulate us. And yeah. I don't know your thoughts on that. That might be why. I think that's a, that's a, it's always a valid point to bring up because uh, the, 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 the interest is there. So when you have that interest there, um, basically Sam Bankman-Fried and the CEO of Alameda, uh, Caroline, I forgot her last name, uh, they're both very politically involved. Um, actually, Caroline's dad was the boss of the CEO, I mean, of the, the, the chairman of the SEC. So, <laughs> and, and the SEC was uh, very much tied to uh, FTX. And actually, Gary Gainsler was going to give um, uh, basically a free pass to FTX at one point for, for some of the things that they were doing. So, uh, and, and also, I believe Sam donated $5 million to Joe Biden. Um, he's donated a lot politically. So, uh, these are the people exactly trying to regulate cryptocurrency. So, to say that there wouldn't be a possibility of this kind of stuff um, uh, being politically driven, um, I would say there's definitely possibilities there. So, you, you really never know. Um, you can see it every single time, though. Say it's like the dot-com bubble. Um, yeah. You see who ends up owning a lot of this stuff. You know, after the regulations, it seems that like the same people keep, you know, your Black Rocks, your JP Morgans um, start to own this stuff because, you know, they're the, they're the law, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it's happening very, very quickly. Just, just seeing who's getting control of everything right now. Um, so I don't, I don't take it off the table uh, whatsoever. So uh I think there's a way to kind of combat that. And it was the stuff that we we're talking about. If, if the people as a unit, I really think it's just such a huge piece of, of our responsibility as a community, say even just in the crypto community is if we want something that's a big change, we have to work that much harder to prevent it. And uh, what I've personally seen is the crypto community really relax this. They, they've, they've been all about follow the money, follow the money, you know, buy this coin because JP Morgan's buying it, buy this because the World Economic Forum is getting into it. And um, I'm just as guilty too. But it's, uh, it, we, we don't want to, you know, you, you got to know the purpose at the beginning. You know, the, the, the biggest part about cryptocurrency was really the decentralized piece of it. If we just make it another centralized system of money, we really just have a, more sophisticated money grade, right? right? More sophisticated SWIFT system. That's not really an innovation. You really get into more innovation is when when people can have that, you know, autonomy, when people can have, you know, more opportunities, creating their own, you know, economies, creating their own assets. I think that's really where it's powerful. So I think the the people as a whole, if we can just keep our minds on on the bigger picture, um, we can we can kind of get get out of the the greed aspects of of just going for the the huge bags and but we're just feeding into the mouths of of exactly the people that own everything already. Yeah, that unfortunately is is how most like bubbles burst. It feels like because the greed and then at the last like all the quote unquote dumb money comes in last when they're just throwing a dart at things. The smart money starts to find the exit, or in this scenario, maybe there was just outright fraud on their exit. Um, and that's, and that's tough. Cause again, I don't know where it goes. Um, if it was, I mean, I know a lot of people are like, it's been over a week. Why is this guy not even arrested? Like <laughs> this, this seems like it's going to end up being bigger than Madoff. Right. I mean, for 132 exchanges or, Oh yeah. Yep. Like, so you bigger would think this would be a bigger deal from the, the criminal side, but I guess we'll wait and see on that too. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I would assume they would have to do the, 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 the criminal side thing, but you know, you never know like where these people actually go. I mean, he's in some Island on the Bahamas. Like, <laughs> can anybody really verify if this guy even goes to jail? Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm like, Hey, can I visit this guy? <laughs> sure. He's just still in the Bahamas somewhere. So yeah, especially uh, yeah. if some of the things like they'll call you a conspiracy theorist, if you bring up like where the donors went were and how he's not in prison, you're like, this is weird. Yeah, absolutely wild. You know, it's, so, uh, 
loaning out $10 billion of customer money. That is like, you can't get much worse than that. You really can't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for people who don't understand, like that's, that's why custodians exist. Like for my clients, like we use TD Ameritrade because they sit in the middle between your investments and me, your advisor, they're printing out statements. They're doing the things like for people who don't know, like Bernie Madoff did what was called like self custody. So he was generating the, the statements to investors saying, here's your money and here's what it's worth. And they're like, cool. Whereas I don't print the statements. I TD sits as a third party that's supposed to verify that, you know, it is what it is. Like if I drop dead, my clients can still get their money. If they decide to leave, like, so people don't understand, like you can't just commingle funds. That is a huge, huge violation. And this place did it at a grand scale. <laughs> Epic scale. So, so if you're an, an investor right now, you're like, well, I still want to do Bitcoin or I'm just, or not, I shouldn't say Bitcoin. Uh, I still want to do crypto. What would be the next step now, like going forward for them to pick a, an exchange, pick a custodian? Like what due diligence should someone do today or even check on what they have to see like, okay, we're in a new world now. Be smarter, be due diligent. What should, what's the handful of things they should do next? Sure. That's a really, really good question. Um, I think this is a really good spot right now to be a little bit patient. Definitely. I'm not trading right now. I'm being patient because this stuff moves so quickly. Like the rug from underneath people's feet is just uh, unbelievable. And uh, so there's ways to, to navigate this space. But uh, what I really think the next step is, is where exchanges are going to just step up and say, here's what we have. You know, here's our direct statements. And you can start to trust these exchanges. But if you want to go in between that, you just want to choose exchanges that are reputable. Um like I said before, I'm not, I'm not, I can't recommend any exchanges, but you sure. want to do your due diligence there. And you want to do things that, that are conservative, right? Uh, for the best thing you can do, like I said, is take your, your coins and own them. If you, you Most of us, if you're, if you're in the crypto space, you should definitely have a hardware wallet, a ledger, um, Trezor. There's, there's a bunch of them out there. Again, do your due diligence. And uh, you want to take your, your coins off the exchange as quickly as possible. Um, there is custody solutions, but again, you don't know, like FTX, they really had their, their fingers in everything. And, uh, and if they were giving out loans to FTX and, uh, they defaulted, like, you don't know what, what they can do from, if they are a custodian, they should absolutely have reserves, but, uh, um, you know, finding a, a proper custodian could be an answer as well. But, uh, also other than that, you know, making sure you're making your transactions small. Don't do just giant transactions. If it gets stuck or you can't get it back, that's it. So, you know, chunk things in small bits. Uh, personally, I, 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 I weekly purchase cryptocurrency in small amounts. Uh, I think that's something that you'd, you'd probably preach as well is, you know, when it comes to like a wealth building strategy, I'm not trying to just swing for the fences. I understand that there's risk, especially in cryptocurrency that, uh, that, you know, you don't, and, and there's a lot of power as well. If you, you understand this space and you're starting to see the potential in this space and you understand your time horizon, you can do things in a really conservative way that can have a, a huge potential benefit. For example, I just say this, um, you know, you, nobody would essentially know, maybe you would, but over the last eight to, I mean, six to eight years, if somebody would have just put $25 into Bitcoin every week, they'd be a millionaire. $25, like a homeless person can, can ask somebody for $25 a week. And yeah. no, it's not easy to like know that Bitcoin is going to do that or be able to hold that. But I think it's a perfect example of the power of, of having a powerful asset and giving it time. Yeah. And, and say you lost that, whatever. I've spent way too many times, more than $25 on something much stupider than, than an investment or more stupid. Yeah, sure. um, so that, that's, uh, that's the, the mindset, at least that I like to have in this space when it comes to the, the longer term, like wealth creation side. I love that. And for anyone listening, just so you're aware of like, if we want to like dive in or just touch on the tax side, if you're one of these exchanges that is now frozen or going through these bankruptcies, unfortunately, you got to talk to your accountant because you didn't realize a loss yet. That's the thing that's a bummer for people because like it's... I did not know that. Yeah, it's because it's like it's you don't know what it's going to be. Oh. Like bankruptcy court. So like from a tax perspective, you don't even have a loss yet. Because you just don't know. Like it's true. Get, 
Maybe you'll get 10% back. Maybe you'll get zero. So unfortunately, you're stuck waiting for the bankruptcy courts, which I'm guessing with that many cases, it could be years for some of these to really shake out, which unfortunately could be. I will give a ray of hope <laughs> with, with that for because there's one example <laughs> I'll use. Hopefully, uh, the past predicts the future in this case. <laughs> but uh, there was an exchange that was hacked um, a while ago in 2009 called Mount Gox. I think it was 160,000 Bitcoin that were hacked. Um, don't quote me on that. But um, in 2009, I think Bitcoin, I forgot how much it was. I think it was like $1,000 or something like that. So, um, and they're getting their coins back, actually. It's going to be distributed, uh, luckily. So, <laughs> best case scenario, you do have to wait. And uh, Bitcoin goes to the moon or whatever coin that you had. And... Uh, you now get long-term capital gains treatment and and some uh, price appreciation. So yeah, there could be a, a, a hopeful, decent situation there. Yeah, some of you, it, it might end up being great, but just talk to your accountant because, unfortunately, the other thing you'll have to think about as an investor, there's re there's losses and then there's theft, and they're treated differently in the tax code. So you're going to have to figure out with your accountant what happened here, and then. Um, for those also who don't like to report their crypto from a tax perspective, you can't reward the losses if you've been not also reporting the gains. So <laughs> you're kind of telling on yourself that you've been hot holding out on them in 2021. But um, this is awesome. I know we have to wrap things up. Um, once again, to everyone listening, this was not investment advice. This was purely educational. Um, but again, Noah, where can they find you, your educational courses, if people sure. want to learn the due diligence strategy specifically from you? Sure. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it, just uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, Noah DeFrades on Instagram. And then if you go to driventrading.com, you can find my courses. We're actually going to be restructuring to where uh, you can buy individual courses. And I also do live sessions. So every Tuesday and Thursday, I hop on for an hour and a half. Talk about stuff like this. I'll go over, you know, the current market landscape, show some of the trade ideas that I have, you know, what I'm looking at inside the market. And uh, the goal is to, to help people in this space because I've seen the power of this space. You know, volatility is, is both ways. I think once you can swallow that, it, it gets pretty, pretty, really powerful, especially when you can stay within a full cycle because, you know, you just got to think from a Bitcoin holder or hodler, uh, perspective is the people that are that are at the top now who have made significant gains they've gone through this stuff this isn't the first time like i said mount gox got hacked there's been chaos in these markets but if you know how to navigate the chaos if you know how to have the right mindset protect yourself you know have the the, the vision for where you want to go um it's the most powerful space right now it really is bitcoin for the last 10 years is the highest performing asset by a factor of 10, actually. So if you invested in, say, stocks, you invested in real estate, um, anything, Bitcoin would have outperformed them <laughs> in the last 10 years. So that's not to say, I'm not saying at all buy Bitcoin or anything like that. I'm just giving perspective into looking at something because it's not easy. You know, you see the end result just like anything and it, and it looks spectacular. But really, what do you have to go through to get to that result? It's never a free ride. All, all the people who have done way better than I have in this space, their rides are nuts, really nuts. <laughs> but essentially they bought and did nothing, you know? It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, some legendary thing. It didn't cause that much physical uh, exertion, but a lot of mental uh, exertion there, sweat. You know, there's, there's potholes in this game. So, yeah, and again, I can't plug Noah enough because you talk to like a lot of the crypto bros, they see no, they, they will tell you no risks. It's just all the greedy upside. They have no historical knowledge on the other points in history when wealth was eviscerated, like the dot-com, things like that. So, and every time we've had these conversations with like the gym, like he highlights that and understands it. So if you want to reach out to him to really get, not just like, oh yeah, can I turn a dollar into a million? Like, that's cool. Everyone wants that. But that's, how do you take a hundred thousand and not turn it into zero? Like, because- Love that real wealthy people that's what they're doing they're not taking home runs like they, I mean, i'm telling everybody please listen to pat please yeah. so 
the right mindset for all this yeah. stuff. It's- so if you need, again, I know I don't, I try to stay in my lane. I don't know <laughs> crypto. So if you want to learn the strategies, um, and we're going to have links to the Noah's Instagram, his driven course um, in the show notes. So if you were listening and didn't get a chance to like type that in, we're going to have that in the show notes, but anything else you want to um, direct anybody to before we wrap up? Um, no, I think that does it. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, like I keep saying, just the stuff that you've said is just so it's opened my eyes a lot as well. And I'm kind of the guy that, that even thinks in, in, in your direction. I, I want to just say it's like the, I'm not going to say nothing's right or wrong, but that's, that's, that's what's made people wealthy and, and stayed wealthy, right? There's, there's core principles to this stuff. And I think the, the biggest, downfall of the crypto space is exactly what you're saying is people are just like oh no it doesn't apply to us like just throwing it out the window and it's like it totally totally does and uh, yeah. if if we uh, you know because most most crypto people they are you know the wild westers they're just all in all out you know looking for the the crazy gains but if we just kept to core principles um, of, of wealth creation, um, protecting your capital. So many people in this space could could absorb so much more. Could absorb yeah. so much more. And when I look back at it, we just we're just the crypto space is so powerful. We just get carried away with what's possible, but but really you got to think what's necessary, right? Like yeah. you you don't need that much to really change your life, especially over the long term. And if the crypto space, this will kind of be my, my two cents at the end of this, if the crypto space can just kind of be less, um, you know, I would say, I don't want to use the word greedy. That's such a negative word. But, uh, you know, just just less searching for all this abnormal stuff and just searching for just true value, true gains that, that can be super powerful over time. Um, you can be you can you can be in a very, very healthy and powerful position because of this space. Um, so, uh, I just love what you're doing. Um, I, I'm tuning in to all your, your, uh, your reels, your TikToks. It's just super value. So I, I just want to say, I appreciate you a ton and appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll have to do it again. As there's like updates and things like that, I'm in. we'll have you back on, but awesome. Thank you so much, Noah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on building your wealth muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram, at patdarbybiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.